0: Welcome back to GEA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. Delighted to be joined by Limerick-based journalist John Keough to run through uh, this weekend's action in the all Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. Three big games to discuss and obviously Claire taking on Limerick, a huge, huge game in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. Galway going up against Kilkenny in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship, and also the John McDonough Cup final between Kerry and Antrim as well. Just a reminder, we're brought to you by Declan Kirby, GA Star, the best children's GA book out there in the market. At the minute, you can find it on Amazon, Eason's, all good bookshops, and it's available in the description down below. So make sure to check that out when you get the chance. John, first of all, how's things? I mean, I'd imagine the uh, excitement is building towards this weekend's Munster final, obviously tickets selling out in 11 minutes which must be a record really for a for a monster final
1: yeah the appetite is crazy down here at the moment darren certainly from a limerick point of view i know it's the same all around claire as well it isn't even building this week it's been building since they met in the Round robin that epic encounter in, in in Ennis as well look it, it's great Weather's supposed to be good and thorough Sundays, sunday it's what we've all grown up with you know sunny days for provincial finals is what we all want but yeah the appetite is it's crazy here that that 11-minute sellout for the 10,000 tickets that went on sale. Look, I'm involved in my own GA club at home, and it's been crazy tickets-wise. akin came to an all Ireland, and it's just everyone wants a ticket to this game, and with 45,000, it's going to be a sellout. You know, and the tension is building definitely since Ennis. and it's. Um, but by Sunday, it's going to be fever pitch for sure.
0: Yeah, and you get the feeling really that this, I suppose, as a spectacle, really could probably be the biggest. GA game of the year so far, anyways you'd have to say so. Like across all codes, I mean, when you look at, I suppose how well Clare have played this year, like they've obviously really upped their game. Limerick have obviously, you know, set the standard the last couple of years, and obviously, you know, b- bidding for four in a row will be the first time any county's won four in a row in the Munster Championship since Cork in the in the nineteen eighties. And Clare obviously haven't won this themselves since ninety seven. So. Um, you know, huge and obviously two big rivals. I think the first time you're playing each other in a Munster final since '95, so it really does feel like the stage is really set for, I suppose, two big historic counties and and huge traditional rivals meeting in uh, Munster's biggest game of the year.
1: Yeah, mass. It's, it, it, it it. I can't describe how massive a game this is. You know, everyone has their in in, in hurling and football, Kimogi ladies football. We all have our local rivalries with the county next year. There's just something different about Limerick Clare. I mean, maybe it's Limerick's success. In the in the last few years, Clare had it in 2013, and Limerick would be very disappointed in the 90s not to have won a couple of All-Irelands where Clare, in the opposite years, Limerick lost two finals in 94, 96, Clare won 95, 97. You know, a lot of Clare people living in Limerick, a lot of Limerick, working, living in Limerick, Limerick people living and working in Clare. You know, that it, it just seems that bit... You know, I mentioned Fever Pitch a while ago, but you mentioned tradition as well. It, it really, really is. You spoke about 95 and it was Clare's breakthrough year, really, under Gerlach 9. Like, I even remember it, like that Davey fits free, you know, that, that resulted in a goal that led Clare, you know, on that path. You have even bigger subplots, like for me as well. Paul Kinrick is a very obvious one with Davey in 2013 as well, helping them win that All Ireland. You know, you've James Moore, a former Limerick hurler and brother of Niall and Ali Moore, you know, involved in Brian Lohan's backroom team. Brian Lohan was UL manager in the Fitzgibbon Cup for a few years, knows a lot of these Limerick lads. You know, there's so many subplots even before you even touch the field, you know, in the lead up. And obviously, you have the game that happened um, only a few weeks ago, earlier this month or last month now in, in early May. And, you know, there, there was plenty going on off the ball, there was plenty going on on the ball. And some outstanding hurling as well. And I expect more of the same on Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And is, as, as you mentioned there, like, I mean, obviously, some of the, the big games between these two down the years. And you obviously mentioned, um, you know, 95, that big Davy Fitz moment in 2013, obviously, when Claire got the breakthrough in uh, in 2013. I mean, th- is that a little nervous, though, as well, for yourself? Like, every time Claire seemed to have had big moments in the All Ireland Senior Championship down the year, it tends to involve yourselves at some point like they they do seem to have to beat yourselves i mean is that maybe ori as well at some stage that like in, in some aspect it could be written for claire once again It look it,
1: john kiley will be the first to admit his record against claire since he's been in charge you know he's lost to them twice in championship it's only themselves in cork i think that have beaten Limerick twice during his tenure so it was in i think it was his first year claire beat them in Thurles, and then there was that massacre in 2018 and Limerick finished third, and Clare just just beat Limerick up, really, in, in Ennis. Limerick have also had good, a good recent record against Clare. They, they beat them in 2020. You know, it, that doubled up as the league final during COVID, obviously, and everything. And You know, they, they didn't have to beat them last year, and that rankers with Clare people as well. I think Limerick won in all Ireland without beating us. Now, Limerick did beat everyone else, Barclay, Kenny, and that, but, you know, look, it, it just goes back to, again, rivalry. Clare, these players know each other so, so well. You know, like, again, I'll go back to Fitzgibbon Cup, so many of these players played together and against each other with LAT, now TUS Midwest, TUS Midwest, and UL, you know, so they know each other in and out, you know, and you you see that when, when they come up, there just seems to be an added intensity, whether that augurs back to history, Limerick certainly won't think so, you know, I remember John Kiley very clearly in 18, talking about these players make their own history, and that's what we're out to do, and Limerick aren't burdened by anything like that, and I don't think this group of players gets burdened by anything. You know, you could say a poor enough league campaign by their standards; they may have been six weeks behind everyone else when it comes to the what teams were doing physically and hurling wise. But Limerick were still very disappointed with how that league ended up. Still, like Jack, he may have got what he wanted out of the league, but you know, they would they still would have been like to been the the other side of the table rather than back back down the end. But look, look you know. It, Claire do may, Claire's people certainly may think they have a hoodoo over Limerick, but I don't think it's going to concern Limerick going into this game.
0: Yeah, for any fan TV, was just saying here about the back door. If, I think if you're referring about the uh, football preview, that'll be out to, tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. But I suppose getting back to this game in, in terms of obviously both sides, I mean, what have you made of, of Limerick in general this year, I suppose, as a, a big Limerick fan? I mean, obviously, as you said there, like during the, the league campaign probably didn't go... As according to plan but I suppose at the same time that was similar last year as well like you, you took a while to get going in the league and it didn't affect you at all and obviously as soon as the championship has come around you you've seen yourselves obviously against Cork deliver a, a big win there you got over Waterford and, and Tipperary as well so what have you made of of Limerick's performances in general and I suppose there's nothing to suggest anyway at this moment in time that the you know the, the Limerick steam train is, is going to slow down anytime soon
1: no the my own view is that they haven't hit anywhere near their where they can hit as of yet. And at times against Cork and Fitz and starts against Cork, Fitz and starts against Waterford, the last ten minutes against Tip and and Clare kind of didn't really let them play. And I suppose they're not supposed to let them play, but they they won't be happy. They've got through games, and you know it's a sign of a good or great team or whatever way you want to call this Limerick team that they've got through games. You know that there was a massive atmosphere down the parky quieve. For that game, and you know, Cork, Cork fans were convinced this is it. Now we'll get you for the All Ireland fine Okay, there was the league game in the two scaled grounds earlier on in this year, and and Limerick got through that, and they really wanted pulling up, really dented Cork, and Cork obviously have come back from that and fair play to them for doing so. But but yeah, like the Cork game, the Limerick would have been happy coming out and still would have looked up to. To step it up. Waterford gave, and, and Limerick was a titanic tussle. It looked like it was going to be the first of a few meetings between these two teams. It hasn't worked out that way for Waterford. Tipperary game, Limerick never got going. It was it was a poor performance where, you know, they, they, they couldn't be happy with how that went. And then the Clare game, you know, there's lots, there's lots of subplots that happened in that game. And the end, Limerick, Limerick still managed to get it off. So a bit hit and miss in the championship overall, Aaron. I think they'll be. You know, I I think I could be wrong on this as well, of course, but they have their sights, you know, firmly set on where they want to be at a certain time of the year. And John Kylie said this in the past as well. Limerick start out at the All-Ireland final day. it's now, it's July. It was August last year and traditionally September. And they work backwards from there. That's where they aim to be. And they go from there after that. Now, I suppose every team should be really thinking that way as well, but that's very much Limerick's plan. The last two years, Limerick had, well, last year had to win four games to win and All-Ireland. Declan Hannan said, in the lead-up to this game, we had to win four games to get to a Munster final. So there's been a bit of management in that. They've had injuries as well during this championship, and they've still got through topping the group with ease, really, to be honest about it. So where are Limerick now? We'll, we'll know Sunday. Um, I certainly think there's a lot more to give in this team. You know, you've liked some Mike Casey back. I know we'll get really into the nitty-gritty of things in a while, but he's been a huge addition. It's put Dan Marcy back out in the wing. Mike Casey slotted in seamlessly back into that Limerick team. I don't think anyone expected how quickly he'd come on, but it's a mark of the man to see that. But but where Limerick are, we'll find out Sunday, I suppose. And and even if, like, no no one's contemplating this, but even if Limerick do lose, you still wouldn't bet against them ending up in an up and all and final.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could see them regrouping and and sort of going from there if, if that was the case. But as you said as well, like, I mean, there does seem to be a lot of similarities with, with Limerick this season to last season. I mean, both, you know, struggled obviously through the league, probably a little bit slow at the start of the championship. But obviously in that Munster final last year, 10 points down at halftime was all going Tipperary's way. And then all of a sudden you just turned it on, clicked so it does seem, as you said there, like with Limerick and, and these players and John Coyley's men, like it does seem to be that around this time of the year, Munster finals and, and sort of All-Ireland semi-finals, finals, that seems to be really when you you start to click into gear and we see the best because even when you think back to 2018 and even 2019, although he did get beat by Kilkenny, like he obviously finished second to Tipperary in the round robin but then beat them in the Munster finals. So it does seem to be that you're saving yourselves for that sort of big moment and then big occasions
1: yeah yeah and that's it you know again john kiley in talking to media this week was talking about declan hannah as well the workload that has had to be managed with a, like every game last year limerick had two weeks you know in between games he talked he spoke about the analysis this week about how limerick's head analyst sean o'donnell had to turn things around very very quickly from game to game you know and again i mentioned earlier injuries and you are picking up niggly things that we another week would heal but then you're waiting another week after that and you've a game, you've a game, The games constantly. It does, it has to take it out. What I will say is Limerick have had a three-week run in now to this game, as have Claire as well, of course. And you, you just get the sense, and, and again, Limerick Clare people will will disagree. I'm sure they'll say the exact same thing about their own team. But Limerick have had that time to maybe like maybe just sort out a few things that they weren't happy with in that round robin, which I'm sure there was plenty. And, you know, they've had that time now to kind of sit back and say, take stock and look at, look, where are we heading next? We're heading into a monster final against a Clare team that, you know, I you could argue bullied Limerick around the park a little bit in Ennis, you know, on their home ground, Clare-like, like that physical thing. Obviously, Limerick like it as well. But, you know, there were things happened on the ball and off the ball I mentioned and you know, at both sides. I'm not, I'm not forbidden all this on, on one team. You know, and there was things and look, Limerick lay down a physical marker against every team they play and, and pride themselves on that. And I'm sure I'd, I'd be fairly sure they'd be intent on doing something similar on Sunday. But, you know, I, I'll go back to saying it has all the markings of a classic Munster final. And hopefully from all our points of view, I'll obviously be hoping for a, a Limerick win in green, but hopefully it just lives up to the occasion.
0: Yeah, how do you think Limerick go about stopping Tony Kelly or do they put too much emphasis on him? Because as we've seen with Clare this year, I mean, even when Tony Kelly's been injured at times, they've still had other players to, to step up like he obviously wasn't around for the Waterford game and they still managed to come through that quite comfortably. They've obviously got Peter Duggan now obviously in the side, Ryan Taylor stepped up as well, Cahill Malone, Shane O'Donnell's been in brilliant form. So, I mean, the Limerick placed too much emphasis on Tony Kelly because then... You know, you're obviously freeing up other players potentially there. So, like, how do you think Limerick will, will go about? I suppose the the talent that is Tony Kelly, because there's no question that you know on his day he's probably the best hurler in the country, if not in the top three.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll they'll single out any plan for Tony Kelly. Two of the best games I've ever seen Tony Kelly play have been against Limerick. That 2020 game I spoke about, he got 14, 15 points, and he got 16 the last day as well. So. I think Limerick are very much setting their system defensively with the with the six guys back and staying deep, with Burns and Dan Marcy on the wings with Declan Hannon sitting even further, two midfielders coming back. I don't see Limerick changing that. Tony Kelly has a free reign in the Clare team. Limerick will back themselves to outscore Tony Kelly and Clare. And I, I think that's very much the way they, they look at it. It's a wider question, you know, should they? Is a different different kettle of fish. But I think if you take someone like Sean Finn, who's been the outstanding member of a full backline the last four or five years, you know, do you take him out of corner back to man mark someone and kind of you're opening up maybe something inside for Peter Duggan and Shane O'Donnell and Ryan Taylor as you mentioned having outstanding seasons today have been really huge additions. Certainly Duggan and having Duggan and O'Donnell back, but I think Limerick will just they'll go on to six two midfielders sit deep, and if Tony scores, I what I what I'd say on that is score five points from play which is great for any any player to get on any given day 11 frees as well on top and i think that what what will annoy limerick more is that yeah they do like i don't subscribe to this thing that at, at times limerick are, are harshly refereed with certain decisions i'll, I'll certainly back that up 100 but some of the stuff is silly with the free arm and you know it's going to be blown up every time they have to cut out fouls simple fouls fouls that. Look, we, we all watch every game there's fouls and they're given they're given sometimes Sometimes they're necessary but this, it's the silly fouls that are 40, 50 yards out that are easy frees like Kelly missed a few frees as well in the second half of that game you know and you you, you just I, I, that's what I think Limerick will do Anyway, it is just that they're not going to change for anyone and again I'll go back to what John Kylie says after every press conference after every game when he's asked about opposition he said we just focus on ourselves and I think that's going to be the case again on Sunday
0: yeah, I was going to say that as well, because obviously the, the growth-hegarty red card, I mean, it was awfully harsh, obviously. Like, I, I don't think anyone would 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 disagree with that. But, I mean, in general this year, I mean, maybe there has been some slight issues with Limerick, maybe with discipline at times. And maybe that's sort of been, like, if you were to point out weaknesses, it's very hard, obviously, to look at weaknesses in this Limerick side, because they've obviously won, you know, three Munsters in a row, the last two All-Irelands as well. You know, uh, so when you're looking at really, you're kind of thinking, like, what is the weaknesses? But could that maybe be a, a certain issue uh, at some point? Because uh, as you've seen with Hegarty obviously getting that red, like maybe that's something that's in the referee's mind sort of going, going into the game before. So you just don't know sometimes.
1: No, you don't. Look, the Gerard Ger- 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 oh, thing has been talked to death at this stage about, does he do this? Is he too physical? I think teams have been looking for a while to target Gerard oh, ever since... 2020, where he was hurler of the year, and he, him and Tom Morrissey gave performances that year. That you know, what, if you, you kind of felt sorry for Tom at times that he'd had such a good season, but Garode was just that little bit higher level. Um, that red card, you know, I I can see how I've said that we've, everyone's talked about it today around here and elsewhere as well. I, I'll never see how it's a red card. I mean, the first, this the one at the sideline ball, okay, you could argue Garode shouldn't have tried a quick one, he knew what he was doing. You know, David McInerney knew what he was doing as well. McInerney was on a yellow. The only person who could possibly get a yellow card in that situation is David McInerney, and mm. um, I've never seen, and I don't think I'll ever see since any player getting a yellow card for that. The second one, uh, I've kind of, I've flip and flip flopped about. You know, with Aaron Fitzgerald. Look, we're, we've all played games, we've all played sports, and you're involved in games, and you're looking for any edge you can possibly get. So if someone like your old Higgerty flicks a hurley back of making contact or not, you're gonna try and make the most of it, knowing he's on a yellow card. Do what you can for your team. Or maybe get pilloried for that. You know, but but you know, like it is what it is. It was very harsh. And I mean, I think I wasn't at I wasn't in Annis that day, but I was watching telly and you, you see the referee going over to the linesman. Linesman's kind of shaking his head, not knowing. You know, I don't think there's anything in it. Maybe is that what he said, maybe that's not what he said. Referee goes in to check with his umpires. They have a kind of similar face. Um, I think. I, look, I could be wrong. The column nines, ask, "Was it a strike?" The umpire kind of shrugged, shrugged his shoulders. You know, and the referee still comes out with a second yellow. So I mean, I, I can't. Like, there's certainly that game against Clare. I thought there was a lot of poor refereeing decision that went against Limerick. In general, throughout games this year, I don't. I, I don't subscribe to that. I think they've been a little bit clumsy in the tackle at times. But certainly, like I could point to incidents about Sean Finn clearly being fouled, led to a t- clear point. David Reedy nearly lost his shorts at one stage as well, and that's the stuff that was that was obvious, you know. Mm. And again, Limerick are masters of the off-the-ball stuff too. I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that about claire It's just there was a lot of um, antipathy towards that refereeing performance, and I'm not I'm not here to hammer referees. No one wants that. There is no game without referees, and I think the standard has improved this year. As well, but, it, but going back to Gerald Hegarty, teams are targeting, I think referees are targeting him as well. Gerald will tell you himself that, and, and has gone on the record and saying the challenge against Galway was too high. It's a red card, straight up. But if referees are being prejudiced to, to certain players going into games, we have a problem. We have a very big problem in GAA if that's the case. Because you take every, every issue on its merit, no matter what the player, and think you could be seeing something similar, lost in Gleason and Waterford. You don't want, like, Sebastian Gleese and Gerald Higgerty questioning their future in games. Not saying that's happening, but, you know, for very little, and, and, and i go far as Ian Galvin with Clare earlier in the year as well, nothing incidents that are ending up in red cards. And, you know, when you've staunch Claremen like Davy Fitz and Anthony Daly saying, where's that red card coming from? That's enough for me, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, like, I'd have to agree with you there as well. Like, there definitely has been some some questionable decisions like we we, we've seen that probably more so in hurling in in the past year than the the previous years obviously but at the same time like it's obviously very hard for for referees and you do feel for them feel for them a lot of the time like especially
1: with with the hand pass rule i think hmm. hammering down on that this season has caused referees an awful lot of pressure it's 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 landed them through no fault of their own I mean, it's very hard to decipher if there's a gap between the hand and the ball at this stage. What looks like a throw, what looks like a hand pass, and 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 really hand, or hitting down on that incident that skill alone or, or lack of skill in, in some senses, I think has made made a referee's life, which is very difficult as you said in the first place. It's made it even harder this year. And you know, cut them a break. I mean, you want to see the ball move. You don't want to see 50-50 calls going against any team for that. And if he hand passes, leave the game go. I know the rule is there, has to be a clear strike with the hand. But I mean, some of the ones that have been called up all over hurling, all over in underage games, you're seeing it as well now. And it's kind of needs to be held back a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, and I suppose, like, in terms of Limerick in general, obviously, Coyle Hayes, like, we've seen him obviously, you know, play sort of in the halfback line last year. He's sort of been moved further up the pitch this year. Like, what type of role do you think he'll play? In this game Because it has been interesting With, with Kyle Hayes Like in terms of, of Where he's operating So how do you think You know Limerick will, will go about Deploying him in, in this game Because obviously With no Keen Lynch And obviously with his his injury That would be a big miss And I suppose Getting the best out of Kyle Hayes will be crucial really To Limerick's chances In this game
1: Absolutely Yeah look No team can replace Keane Like Keen Lynch You know He's a one of the kind You know He, he, he can do things I've never seen any hurler do before And I think we all marvel at what he brings to the table every time he goes out on the field. But, but people will be quick to remember that Kyle was man of the match as a, a garsoon in 18, still an under-21 hurler, and had another year the following year, 21's man of the match in an and final against Galway, where he gave an exhibition at centre-forward against fantastic player in Gerald McInerney, I'm sure we'll be talking about in a while, you know, just gave a sterling performance there, Limerick one against tipperary caught them by surprise by moving him back to the half back line in 2020 and you know he's been there since like john kiley said after that after the Cork game that it's something they've been working on training for for a number of months not that we saw it and i know for for a fact it wasn't done in challenge games behind closed doors either so i think that there was a bit of paranoia going on that limerick were being watched that they weren't trying that Look, kyle's a very versatile hurler to answer your question i think he'd be around the half forward line. I think you could have a half-hour line of Tom Morrissey, Garrod Hegarty, and and Kyle at centre uh, on Sunday. Limerick also have the option of leaving him inside, which they did against Clare, and he got that goal against Clare very early on. So Kyle's going to be a handful no matter where he is. They have that option. If if Callan O'Neill is, could be back to fitness as well after his ankle issue, um, the last day as well, That saw him miss the Clare the Clare game. And Cahill is. You know, for a guy, okay, he was on the panel and on the bench more often than not last season, throughout the All Ireland campaign. But every time he's been introduced this year, he's really shown that there's a talent there that we've seen at an underage level that that can maybe hit the heights that we all expect him to do at some stage at senior level. So they could throw Cahill in centre forward like they did when Keane came off injured against Waterford, and Cahill had a fantastic game when he came on that day as well. Liverpool didn't really miss Keane against Waterford, which shows you how well Cahill did. In that position that's more a natural position for Cotter than we'll say inside in the full forward line you also have graham Mulcahy as well so Limerick could end up with a full forward line kyle hayes Seamus flanagan and aaron Gillan. and if that's the case you know i'd be worried for that clear full the line because she, that three on their day could, could could dismantle any team but i do think yeah. you could see Cahill o'neill maybe start in the corner make his way out and leave Flanagan and Galan inside, it's all guesswork from our point of view, but I do think Kyle will end up at centre forward.
0: Yeah, and I don't think Galan started in the in the last game versus Clare as well, so I mean, and, you, and that's the thing about Limerick, like for a lot of the injuries that they've had and, and problems that they have, it probably hasn't been spoken about enough because you've still come through the Munster Championship or come through the round robin fairly comfortably in the end, but I suppose ultimately, obviously, you're going to back Limerick to to get the victory. But how do you think the game is is going to go? How do you think it's going to pan out? And and I suppose, I suppose, how much are Limerick going to win, by? I'm not going to say that anyway for
1: sure, Brian. <laughs> I'm not going to pin my head on that. Yeah, I do think Limerick, if if their traje- trajectory of the last two seasons is similar, as in they're peaking for the next three games, which I think is is their belief. Again, I'm open to correction on that. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to back Limerick 100% because if Limerick play well, I don't think there's a team in the country can touch them. And, they, and they, that's not being disparaging to other counties, it's just how good Limerick are right now. Um, where do I think the game we won and lost? It could, it could very much be that that full forward line of battle. And Rory Hayes, Paul Flanagan, Connor Cleary were outstanding in that game against Limerick the last day. But you, you hit the nail on the head. Aaron Galan wasn't there. And Aaron Galan has gone up another notch this year. People say it was lucky the card against Tipperary could have been red. I think I don't, I don't agree with that. It was yellow. Then two goals against Tipperary, really, certainly the second one, just really, really finished Tip's challenge that day. And he's just so capable. He can come out in front. You know, he can come out in front. He can get you in behind. He's got every skill and trick on the, in the book as well. He's no angel, either iron, like, which, which you need to be at this level because you're getting plenty of it. You're going to give some of it back. And he gives more than enough back at times. Um but he's, you know, he could be the key, you know, Limerick. I, I, I'd be very interested in Garrod Higarty's performance on, from a Limerick point of view on, on Sunday because talking to a lot of people this week about the game, you know, Gerald's a very quiet guy off the field. You never hear anything about Gerald doing this, that, or that, or nothing you do with most inter-county players anyway. But he's, he's very serious about his hurling. And I've no doubt he would have been very frustrated and very hurt about that last day against Clare and, you know, and there's no better day to turn up and show, look, this is who I am and this is what I am, you know. And I think Garrow's performance could be key. But on the other side, you know, I, th- I think you hit the nail in the head earlier, Aaron. Like, Claire have plenty of other options without Tony Kelly. Ryan Taylor's a serious lad. You know, if they, they, they've, they've Peter Duggan, that battle with Mike Casey the last day, with Mike Casey down five or six inches maybe to Peter Duggan and held him scoreless and rendered him fairly quiet the whole game. So... That, that's another battle I'd like to see. Sean Finn maybe hasn't hit the heights for Limerick yet that he has done in previous seasons. So i would be interesting to see who he matches up on, if it's Shane O'Donnell if Shane kind of has been going between the wing forward line and full forward line throughout this championship so far. But Claire showed against Waterford, making six, seven changes, I think it was, that day, that they really have a bit of strength and depth now that they've guys to come on and mm. You know, you're looking at, I can't remember, I was was with very early on the year in um, the Munster Hurling Cup, the pre-season competition. Um, I was with Sparrow Lachlan doing commentary on the game for Munster GA, and Sparrow Lachlan, a Clare legend, he was so disheartened about where Clare were, and I know it was January, but you just couldn't see it, and they've flourished, and all credit to Brian Lawne and his backroom team. They've really, from positives last year and the year before, just building, building, to to really, really flying this year. You know, they've been absolutely outstanding. No one saw, I think everyone saw Limerick, Cork, Tip or Limerick, Cork and Waterford being the three teams to come through in whatever order that could be. You know, Clare weren't even mentioned. Let's be honest about it. They weren't. They should have been. People thought there might be a kick in Tipperary under Cullen Bonner. It it didn't happen for them, but massive credit has to go out to Clare for what they've done so far in this season. And again, like I said about Limerick, even if the result doesn't go their way on Sunday, you know there's no doubt they'll, they'll be back again as well the interesting one of me we, we mentioned who could mark who, who could be ending up center forward um for limerick well john conlon gave an exhibition against limerick the last you know limerick you know just just couldn't curtail him at times he was outstanding so that that could be key and conversely on the other side declan hannon goes through games like a rolls rice covers everything you never see him in the wrong position he's always one or two balls a game comes out heroically, a huge momentum building type of thing, you know. So so look, there's so many matchups all over the field. I think like Limerick's midfield Daryl Donovan's back to full fitness. Will William O'Donoghue has slowly improved with each game. And I thought he was brilliant against Clare. And and you mentioned Cahill Malone earlier as well, a player who's come on so so much in the last couple of seasons, you know, and so good under high ball. And he's got he's improved in his scoring ability as well. You know, there's just there's just so many matches. But I will like if, yeah, the way I see it is if Limerick play well, it's not just Clare; it's other teams. I, I think they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll beat most teams that come across, if not all. And I, I think that will be the case on Sunday.
0: Yeah, like I mean, as a as a as a neutral, and obviously haven't seen Limerick win the last three months of titles, and with the fact that Clare haven't won one since '97, like I'd love to see them get over the line and, and and get that victory. Like I mean, I know you obviously don't want to see that, but I, I think it would be great for. For clear, but at the same time though like the part of me though that thinks that like every time Limerick have faced obstacles since 2019 you've always found a way to overcome them like you think of those battles at Waterford you overcame that when you were 10 points down against Tipperary Limerick overcame that as well Cork you know how are you going to deal with you know such an attacking team and Shane Kingston and, and everything else and you just blew them out of water as well so it does seem like like that's the thing is as for as good as Clare are, and even if Claire go five, six, seven points up in this game, there's always that sort of trump card that Limerick have in John Coyley and Paul canerk that they can turn things around because tactically, you know, they're probably the best duo probably in Gaelic games at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I think Limerick learned so much from that defeat to Kilkenny in nineteen. You know, there was all that controversy about the game. It should have been a sixty-five, but but John Coyley poo-pooed that straight away. There was no. No talk, say, look, we, we should have won the game. If you're going to win the game, you should have won the game. We shouldn't have be been relying on an incident at the last minute. I think, look, it's always said in every sport since the dawn of time, you, you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. I think Limerick learned an awful lot from that, and they've shown ever since uh, how to navigate, and they've, they've been able to navigate. Just an interesting point on that on that Tipperary Munster final last year. It was sweltering heat. It was 30-degree heat, and off the pitch, on the pitch in Barkey Cueve, I'd say it was a lot hotter. And Tip maybe, you know, didn't didn't perform the second half. They weren't allowed to perform the second half. But in that first half, it was Keen Lynch was kind of getting Limerick out of holes. He was the man for the... To, Nicky Quaid was forced to go along, and he was keen. He was aiming for... Limerick don't have that option on Sunday. And, you know, like, like naturally, you go to your best player when, when the chips are down. So that, that could be an interesting way of it as well but but you've hit the nail on the head i think as well that every time there's been an obstacle in this limerick team's way since 2018 outside of that game against Kilkenny and ever since that game you know they, have, they haven't lost the championship game since then you know and that there's a lot to be said for for the changes that paul kenner and john kiley may be it only in tempo in trying to get the tempo up and that's that's what was said in in, in at halftime in that game last year against tipperary you know, just get tighter on your men, number one. I'm sure there was other things said, but that was what was said after the game or released to us after the game that just need, tempo needs to be better. They got the early goal and sure we all know what happened from there. But, you know, I, I, it just seems to be that they always seem to have an answer and not every team has that As We're going to talk about the Leinster final as well. And you're looking at two teams, Kilkenny and, and Galway, that, you know, there's questions still about, is there a question still about this Limerick team? I don't think so. The questions are probably towards Claire. And that's not me being a Limerick man, piling pressure back on Clare. But we know Limerick can perform in a Monster final. This Limerick team, certainly. This Clare team, we haven't seen him in a Monster final, you know, since that, since night or win one since ninety seven. You know, ninety five is the last time they beat Limerick in a in in a, in a final of this of this kind of standard. Obviously obviously was the nineties. Ninety five there was no backdoor, so it was be all and end all, but the questions are on Clare. You know they are a young coming team under Brian Long. he's got another three years. And correctly, so given the job he did in his first two, um, but I think I, you know we'll we'll see what both sides not what both sides are made of. That's probably simplifying it, but we'll see where Clare are and Limerick are on on Sunday. I think if Clare win, it gives them huge momentum going into an All Ireland semi final. Limerick won't be too pushed. Maybe maybe the long longer road as it suits them in eighteen. And it gave them momentum the whole way through. The opposite side, if Clare do lose, could it be that little d them, you know, that that just upsets the rhythm of uh, of their All-Ireland charge? And there's no question, Clare, think they can win an All-Ireland, you know. And and that this is the shortest route to an All-Ireland is through the winning your provincial championship. So, okay, I, I said it already, and it's just set up on every level to be a cracking contest. And I just hope it lives up to the hype with just the Limerick win.
0: Yeah absolutely I think it's going to be a a very very exciting game indeed and I think for the fans that are going like very very lucky because I think they're going to be in for one hell of an atmosphere like we've seen the atmosphere Limerick fans have generated down the year same with Clare as well so I think it's going to be a very very exciting game indeed you mentioned obviously the Leinster final there Galway against Kilkenny on Saturday evening at Crow Park You know, an interesting one, this one as well. I mean, you have Henry or you you have Shefflin versus Cody part two after the the handshake. I mean, like, personally, I don't really think there was too much in the handshake. I kind of just think the media kind of blew it over a little bit just to try and make it a bit of a story out of it because, I don't know, we we, we love these kind of stories a lot of the time. Um, But nonetheless, like, in terms of the game itself, like, it is very fascinating and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if Henry Shefflin can get one over, I suppose as old manager, you know the the master against the apprentice in many ways.
1: Yeah, again, and we're talking about the monster final being a fascinating thing. I'm really looking forward to the final. Really think there's again. I mentioned about Limerick clear There's so many subplots. The obvious subplot here is is Henry and um, and Brian Cody. You know, I'm like you. I thought it was a storm, a big storm, and a very little teacup. You know what? What do you want from people after a game? You know, Cody was gutted. They'd just been pipped at the post by a point, a controversial enough free as well. So I'm sure he wasn't in the best of humour and Henry's been through a a horrific situation with his family this year and probably wanted to get out of there. Wouldn't have been an easy experience for him managing a team against his own county, a county, you know, that glorifies him, you know, and rightly so. I mean, for me, he's he's the greatest hurler I've ever seen up close. You know, I know we've had so many great hurlers over the years, and I'm not going to start mentioning names, but for me, like Henry, and, and for him, to be coaching a team that isn't Kilkenny, and for that to be against Kilkenny as well, must have been a fairly emotional thing. With everything else that's happened, and you know, we won't we won't dwell on that. But yeah, but on the field, you know, I think it's set up. I mean, the Leinster Championship. A lot of people you hear talking about Leinster and Munster. Now the intensity is more in Munster. I I don't buy that. Certainly not with these two teams. Just in the Leinster Championship as a whole. Look. you've you've two three teams that finished on six points as well so it was very very tight between wexford Mm -hmm. dublin and kilkenny you know and there's no scoring difference really that got kilkenny into the final ahead of wexford got to give massive credit to darry egan and wexford for recovering enough to come out with that win over kilkenny but where does that leave kilkenny going into this final there's no there's no game that brian cody sends a team out to go half-assed and and not perform and it looked for a long time that game game that kilkenny were cruising and when, when Wexford up that they weren't able to live with Wexford, and I think that's fairly, fairly much the way, where the game went, you know. Um, but but as a whole, that it, it just does. I mean, I'm sure in, in the latter part of this week, you're going to see a 20 or 30 Cody and Shefflin stories, and I don't think that's that 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 needs to be the focus of the game. It's what's happening on the field that really matters. And you know, you look at Galway this year they go so under the radar at times. You know, Henry's done a very good job. I saw them against Limerick in the league, and obviously, Gerald was sent off, and we've, we've spoken about that as well. I was massively impressed by Galway in that game. They were just very slick, very, just very quick on the ball, very instinctive hurling, but at the same time, sticking to their 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 plans and processes and doing it very well at the time. I mean, you know, we, we talk about Conor Wheeling, Connor, Connor Cooney, Gerald McInerney. They've been outstanding in central positions for. God, even Wheeling coming back from that hamstring injury coming back so fast has been a huge fillip for them. You've also had Fintan Burke have an outstanding season. but You can't have a sideline cut in the ha- in your own half now like given against you because Fintan Burke is capable. Seems to be him and Austin Gleeson have taken it to a new level again this year with sideline cuts. And then you've, you've you've Park and Cahill Mannion backing things up as well. And they've had some outstanding youngsters perform. For Brian Concan and Tom Monaghan in midfield. He's worked three or four points every game. And back in defence, Darren Morrissey has really given an exhibition of corner back play throughout. So I mean, like there, there isn't a lot talked about Galway, I just don't get it. I mean, they, again, they've gone in through the ra- under the radar a little bit coming into this game. They drew with Wexford first out again. Should have again they should have won, but they beat Westmead comfortably, beat Kilkenny by a point, hammered Leish and beat Dublin by six seven points as well. And you know, got, for me, Galway are, are, are strong favourites going into this game, which probably suits Kilkenny down to the ground. I think the bookies have it fairly even, Stephen. But you no, know, I've been mightily impressed with Galway throughout this season. Um, just, you know, whether Henry has just solidified things. Of course, you have to mention as well that they're without Joe Canning, who's been their talisman for so long, for so way too long from Galway's point of view. And it did, take, it did take Joe retiring for guys to step up. And Connor Cooney is one that, you know, it's just no fuss. He goes back 100 yards and taps a free over the bar. That's what I describe it as because that's what it seems to be for him. It's a very fluid strike the way he hits the ball. And as I mentioned, they've also Dahi work as well in the full-back line. You don't get a better full-back than Dahi work. So they're so strong up that spine. And they've improved with the likes of Tom Monahan in there as well. They've Evan Nyland to come off the bench as well, maybe. I'm not sure what his situation is in and about that team, who's, who's another outstanding talent. So, you know, you look at Galway, and then of course you look at Klicken, you're going to be looking at TJ Reid, Owen Murphy, that save against you know, last time out against, against Wexford was just you know, ridiculous again. Paddy Deegan had a decent year at centre back, and there's also been a resurgence of Walter Walsh as well. You know, he's looked very dangerous the last couple of games. And obviously, you have to talk about Adrian Mully, Mullen. Sorry, and On Cody. Mullen probably hasn't hit the heights since that cruciate yet. Um, from where he was in 19, he's just slowly getting back there, which is understandable. You know, he's still very, very young. I think he's only 22, maybe 23. Um. One Cody, as I mentioned, another Ballyhale Shamrocks man, which again brings back that subplot between maybe even just Ballyhale and Henry against each other more so than Cody. And one guy who's really stood out for Kilkenny this year and has been a, a great discoverer and has been Keen Kenny. Really, really workhorse of a player, but able to create as well. And there's just so many, there's so much talent, you know, available for this game. And You look at Kilkenny's game, Kilkenny's season, three wins and two losses. Those losses to Galway and Wexford, I'm sure will have smarted, or left Brian Cody smarting. you know. They, they, they had handy wins then against Dublin, Leash, and Westmead. And you just wonder with Kilkenny, and this, it's a different Kilkenny, obviously, with Brian still in there. Where's the consistency? And that's the question with Galway as well. Can Galway just rise That We talked about that with Limerick, incrementally improving every game. And that's where Galway, I think, need to be, where Kilkenny, it's a bit of a mixed bag so far this season. But, you know, again, it's anyone's call.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, all right. With Kilkenny, like you like you mentioned there, I mean, like a lot of people I've spoke, to still fancy Kilkenny, even though the fact they lost a goal, they lost obviously a home to to Wexford as well. So I mean, it's a strange one with them. Like they, they clearly do have some of the best hurlers in the country, probably the you know arguably the the best manager in GAA history, and you know you wouldn't be surprised if they were to come through this game, but. At the same time, like it's been a weird season for them, hasn't it? Because they've had it's just been very mixed, and although they've had some good moments and and bad moments, it's hard. It's a hard one to really judge them going into this Leinster final.
1: Yeah, i, I mentioned again, it's consistency, and you just don't know what you're going to get from Kilkenny right now. Yeah, they comfortably dispatched the teams you would expect them to comfortably dispatch, and you, you thought the Dublin performance was okay. Here you go, this is this Kilkenny team. Then they go to lose to Wexford. So it's just very hard to know. I think certainly in the forwards, you've had Alan Murphy play midfield as well. They've they've like reshaped their midfield a bit, one in, one out every game, it seems to be. Um, with you know, like Killian Buckley there, thereabouts as well. And and just, it just, just doesn't seem to be consistent performances every game. TJ even hasn't it, and TJ's 34 years of age. you, know, you can't be expecting DJ to be the player he was three, four years ago. It's just not going to happen. But he's still vital to that Kilkenny team. Um, you, you you have like I mentioned on Cody to have forwards coming out. You know their their backside really. They just seem to have them everywhere. And the is as well with Walter and you know and and Tommy Walsh's brothers first name is Casey. Parig Walsh, Parig, You know like parig has been converted into a centre forward. I still think he's a better halfback myself. But that 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 was the age old thing with Tommy as well. It was was he a better forward? Is he a better back? He was pretty good at both. And I, and I think Parig is as well. But I just think he's more suited to that role at wing-back, but that, and this is what I'm getting to, is that, that Kilkenny backline, is it just that little bit porous from where it was? I mean, you're not going to create the likes of the JJ Delaney's, the Jackie Tyrrells. You know, ever again, they're one-offs, you know, and it's just not going to happen. But you Lawler has done a steady job at full-back for a long time. Tommy Walsh is in there as well. Are they at the same level as guys in the past? No, of course they're not. Are they at a level Kilkenny need, to, need them to be right now? But that dangerous Galway full-forward, and we'll know more Sunday, obviously. But I think if you're if if you're Henry Shefflin looking, and that Galway management team looking at Kilkenny, that's where you're going to target them. Paddy Deegan has done a fine job at 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 centre back, and sadly for Kilkenny people, they're just going to keep comparing them to the, their players of the past. Is Paddy Deegan Brian Hogan? Of course he's not, but, but you know you can't expect him to be. He's a completely different player, but he's had a good year at centre back. But I think I think where teams are going to target Kilkenny for the rest of this championship is in their fullback line.
0: Yeah, and as as for Galway, as you mentioned there, like it's a, a strange one for Galway as well because for whatever reason, like they don't seem to be get, getting the the hype maybe that they deserve, and um you know they've obviously come through the the Leinster Championship unbeaten. They beat Kilkenny. They probably should have come out with that win against Wexford, obviously let it slip right at the end, but obviously came through Dublin fairly comfortably as well, beat Leash and Westmead comfortably. So they've had a, a very, very strong year. And as you said, like no Joe Canning uh, in the team, obviously he's he, he stepped away and retired and obviously new management's coming in. So it's been a very, very good year from, from, a, from a Galway point of view. And it's interesting, like, because when you look at their team, like maybe they don't have any like standout star players maybe, and maybe that's why they're not quite getting the... sort of credit, like I think when you look at Kilkenny, people instantly think of TJ Reid and you know Owen Cody. And you could say the same for Limerick, Cork, Clare in terms of their standout players. Maybe because Galway, you know, didn't make it far in the championship last year. They haven't had really time to sort of breed those players through. But like I suppose for Galway, like they are dangerously going under the radar because you know it wasn't too long ago they were all Ireland champions themselves.
1: Yeah, I think it suits Henry Shefton and Galway to a T them to be going in under the radar like they are you mentioned 17 under me all who they won the all ireland and they were fully full value for it it was great you mentioned about claire winning things would be great to see um god that with him winning that winning all ireland was fantastic for Hurling. it was just brilliant to see joe canning especially and, and that's not being disparaging towards the other players but to see him finally you know get get reward for all he put in to the to, to our sports like you know it, it was great there's still a fine nucleus of that team. Know, they have a change in goals and Anna murphy and i think that could be one of god's weaknesses and that's not been harsh on any. he he's just had a tough time at times it's only a second third championship year and you know he's obviously they're going with him and henry's decided to go with him shane o'neill fellow limerick man for two years went with him and gave him his head you know but i think just a couple of mistakes it, it, it happened in um in that click any game a, a soft enough goal that you, you'd be very disappointed as a goalie to see that go past. It happens, of course, it does. Goalies make mistakes, it's how you react. In fairness, day, and I'm, I'm criticizing him, but I'm going to praise him at the same time. He came out, got dust himself down, gave a great ball out that won that free that won the game for Galway. He was a quick buck out, dust himself down immediately, fired it out the wing, you know, and a free came from it. So that's a sign of his temperament, which is a positive thing for Galway, you know. But I'll go back to it. You mentioned it that star players. No, there's any, maybe Conor Whelan you could maybe argue was the, probably the marquee guy there that is mentioned more than other players. And again, that suits them. They have Gerald McInerney, who's had a resurgence, I think, this year. After 17, I know he had a tough year against Limerick. I mentioned him earlier, talking about Kyle Hayes. They had a tough year. Galba had accumulated a lot of injuries. I heard Joe Penning actually talking about it last week, that how crocked he was going in to some of the games in 18. And it was just, you know, it just time came caught up with them. Limerick should have won that game comfortably <laughs> you with any uh, all Ireland easy, but Limerick scored two points in the last or a point or something, the last 20 odd minutes, like it was Helter Skelter at the time for them. But you know, but they've had Dahi Burke and eventually they've added to that with Finton Burke. Ryan Concanon has eventually come through after a fantastic underage career. Like I mentioned earlier, Tom Monaghan has been an absolute revelation at midfield for them. Outside of his work rate alone, his scoring ability just pops up. Three or four points every game, no fuss. And I think that's very much the standard that Galway have had. They're no fuss. They get on with their job. Something gets them down, like that thing with Anna Murphy. Dusted himself down, got on with it. Got the puck out. They got the score. Okay. Controversial free. But either way, it was given. And that's that. So that's that's for me the biggest thing with Galway. But they have game winners. Connor Cooney can win a game in his own on his day. Say so the same with Connor Whelan. If Connor Whelan gets ball and good ball against any full back line, they're in trouble, immediately in trouble. And they have other players to come off the bench. Like I so said, Jack Grealish. I mentioned Darren Morrissey. Jack Grealish has had a fine year in cornerback as well for them. You know, and they have players to come off the bench as well. Look, Galway aren't being talked about. I remember in 2020, Limerick when they beat um Waterford in the final. And that semi-final against Galloway was in the melting pot the whole way through up to the last five minutes. Mm. You know, and that's what Galway are capable of. They they don't have Joe Canning. It may work conversely for them in this fact that okay, there's no Joe to rely on I have to stand up, you have to stand up, we all have to stand up. And that, you know, could be a huge thing for what for Galway, sorry, going forward, you know, let alone this season, which they, to me, they've just been really impressive. And that's that's all I can say about them.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Jack says here, Galway favourites, but don't rule out. Kilkenny won't like to lose again. I go for Kilkenny by three. Ultimately, what wh- who do you reckon is going to be the, the the Leinster champions in the end? I mean, it's an incredibly hard one to call. I mean, you wouldn't want to be the one to, to call this one, to be perfectly honest. It could easily be extra time, possibly even more. But how do you see it uh, ultimately playing out?
1: Yeah, it's going to be tight anyway, I think. I don't see either team blitzing each other in this one, a bit like the Limerick-Claire game. I think it's going to be very tight for long periods. To to me, like it is in any game, goals will be crucial. Um, you know, Kilkenny, historically, and, and Cody sets his teams up for score goals. If a goal's on, go for it. And, and to be fair, Galway can have the ability to do that as well, but goals do win games. It just depends on Kilkenny's consistency. If they can hit a mark... That they probably hit against Dublin, certainly in that second half against Dublin. It was like the Kilkenny of all watching them at times. If if they can hit that level, you know, they've every chance of winning this. But I'm gonna tip Galway. I just think Galway have got have gone, like I said earlier, Limerick, they've they're improving each time they go out. You know, they that draw with Wexford is a game they should have had in the bag after 50 minutes. It should have been long over. Wexford shouldn't shouldn't have been been in the game at that stage. They learned from that and they learned quickly, and that that was impressive for me. Where Kilkenny are such a mi- mixed bag so far this year, it's it's hard to call. So I'm just going to go for Galway to shade it. And as you said, it could be extra time. Hopefully not more. Because you don't want to see you don't want to see a, a provincial fight. I don't I don't know. Maybe at adults is different. Certainly, I didn't enjoy the monster minor Ireland final and seeing that in penalties. I think that was a bit harsh for 16, 17 year olds. But for adults, you live it, it's you live with the rough and the smooth. And I just hope it doesn't go to penalties. It'd be a fantastic occasion if it did. But I just think Oliver could share that. I could need extra time to decide
0: it. Yeah, it is probably going to happen at some point, though. There probably is going to be a bit. It mightn't, mightn't be this year or next year, but at some stage, like there might be a big game that will eventually uh, go to penalties. Irish guy says Joe Canning has proven one thing, and that is a team cannot rely on one man. Ultimately, it's a team effort, and Lohan, Lohan has to understand this with uh, with Tony Kelly. I suppose moving on to the John McDonough Cup final then between Kerry and Antrim. I mean, Antrim will obviously be going in as big, big favourites, obviously haven't come uh, down from the the Leinster Championship last year. But at the same time, you have to commend Kerry. I mean, I I don't know how they managed to to find themselves into the final. Like, there was all sorts of scenarios that needed to happen for, for them to end up in the John McDonough Cup final. And again, like, even last year, against all odds, they made it into the final. The year before, they weren't really touted either. Like three consecutive years, they're now in the in the John McDonough Cup final, and again against Antrim in a repeat of well, obviously Kerry's win against Antrim a couple of weeks ago, but also the 2020 John McDonough Cup final as well.
1: Yeah, massive game for both for obvious reasons. Um, Antrim, as you mentioned, Aaron, coming down last year from the Leinster Championship. Um, yeah, Kerry, Kerry sprung everyone um, with that victory against Antrim last time out in in the group stage of it, and looked all set for an awfully the interim final and um, uh, awfully really smarting after that they've had such positivity with Mick Finley over them and with their minors winning the Leicester Championship for the first time and God knows long I must mention Limerick man that was over that team and Leo O'Connor as well Um, yeah it, it's a funny one Kerry it seems to be hopefully the hotel sorted and everything for, yeah. for Sunday now as well after that issue last week Um, yeah it, it just like there seemed to be a bit of problems for Stephen Malum a couple of weeks ago when Shane Nolan was kind of excommunicated out of the panel. I'm not sure the full story of what happened there, but when you see these things happening, it, it can go one or two ways. It obviously has galvanised Kerry because no one gave him a chance up against that Antrim team that had just waltzed their way through Joe McDonough up to that point. So it's a massive game, obviously, like with the chance of getting back into the Leinster Championship you know, for both. You, you'd imagine Antrim will be smarting from that defeat to Kerry last time out, and they'll be gung-ho and making sure it doesn't happen again, but can't write off this Kerry team. Stephen Malumphy has brought stuff to them. We saw them against Limerick earlier on the year. When Limerick won that game comfortably, they'd, they'd made a few switches in that team to strengthen it from Robin Peter to pay on in a sense, forwards moving in into the defensive setup, and, and it worked. Look, they have one of the ser- most serious, seriously talented hurlers in Shane Conway in the country on his day. Shane, Shane is, is an outstanding player. We've seen that when he's playing with better players if it's given cup level at UCC. Um... But you have to fancy Antrim, you know they're they're going to be strong favourites. Maybe the open field of Croke Park hasn't suited Kerry in recent years. In the Joe McDonough. we saw that with Westmead last year. Westmead just always had that little bit too much for them. Kerry was kind of really overlined on Conway. They also had the Nolan's who were very impressive hurlers as well, you know. But I, I just I just fancy Antrim to, to 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 hit that level. They're just all over the park. They seem to. And you know they were they were so good last year in in Leinster as well, and very unlucky to find themselves back down to Joe McDonough and they'll be they'll be hell bent, you know, with with, with returning to that level for twenty twenty three.
0: Yeah, like you've obviously had Conal Cunning, Sean Elliott, James McNaughton, who all, who all looked very, very impressive from a, from an Antrim point of view. And I suppose they were already in the Joe McDonough Cup final by the time that Kerry game came around. So, I mean, can you read too much? Like, I suppose if you're an, if you're a Kerry fan, you're obviously jubilant and you're saying it was down to ourselves and it was down to Kerry. But I suppose from an Antrim point of view, you know, you're probably looking at it and thinking it was a bit of a dead rubber, really, from, from an Antrim perspective. So... Like, can you look too much into that result? Or at the same time, could that maybe be a, a worry from an Antrim perspective?
1: No, I don't think Antrim would be looking into anything. The only thing that result could do for Antrim is spur them on. Um, okay, if you're really looking at it, who would you rather play in the final, Lafley or Kerry? That probably if they're pushed, say Kerry. So I'm not suggesting anything for a second on toward with that game. They may have taken their eye off the ball. Looking, look, we're qualified. This game, yeah, if we do, we want to win it, but are we too pushed? Really, you know, you just thought no, but yeah, I think no team goes out to get, to lose any game, and I've never subscribed to that. But did they take their eye off the ball? Perhaps, and it may have just refocused. And I think their management team may have used it as a bit of a stick the last couple of weeks. They said, look, lads, if you leave these fellas at you, this is what they can do. So, you know, again, it, it, it look, it's a fantastic fantastic occasion for both teams to be to be running out in croke park i know they're probably used to it now which is even better for the for the so-called smaller counties to be getting their day out in croke park um but i just think Antrim. you mentioned three top class players that antrim have there's plenty more on top of it as well um and they just maybe have that that bit i'd I'd say if i pushed Antrim by four or five points
0: yeah i'd have to agree with you there as well I, i think as much as you'd love kerry to to get the victory maybe for the storyline that would come with it. And obviously then they'd have the chance of playing Cork as well. And like what a, you know, obviously historic rivalry in football and the fact you'd have them two playing each other in a, a championship game in hurling, I think would be. Would, just, would, just, would a
1: be just a side just a on that, Aaron. Is is this the case mm-hmm. where Kerry, if they do, they have to beat Leash, but Antrim go straight up?
0: Yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's a little confusing to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I yeah.
1: just, just on, and I know we're not, we're not going to, talk, I just think that's ridiculous. I think
0: it's Yeah, no, it, it definitely it's is. It makes there. no and sense,
1: yeah. At this stage as well, look, I know I, I understand the mechanics of the Joe McDonough leading into Leinster, but I think it's high time that Carrier are back in the Munster Championship too, in, in general. Mm. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough for a few years. They're, they're a long way behind the eight ball. But, I mean, like Kerry, Kerry have such a successful football team. They have a beautiful small pocket of clubs in North Kerry that are hurling mad. The likes of Eamon Fitzmaurice and Paul Galvin over there are outstanding football people. They're also outstanding hurlers, and they're very proud of their hurling heritage as well. You know, And and I think mm. Kerry G.A. need to look at themselves a little bit. I'm not calling out Kerry G.A. for one second, but I think it's high tide that Kerry are back in the Munster Championship rather than, Playing to get into Leinster, and either way, if they win on Sunday, they should be automatically into a Leinster Championship.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and they, they should even probably even go into the Munster Championship. Like I don't even know why they couldn't, you know, even just put the six. You know, you've obviously got six teams in in Leinster at the minute. You can have six in Munster next year. Five in Leinster. Leash go down. You know, you could you could at least do it that way. You know, and oh, you'd say, well, Kerry are most likely going to be on the receiving end of. Hamrins every week, and the relegation would almost be written before it even starts. But at the same time, you have to give these teams the chance to at least compete. Because if you're going to take away that chance to compete, then sure, you know it's, it's a very pessimistic way of looking at it. To be, there'd be no point competing at all, you know.
1: Yeah, you you look how far Westmead have come in two seasons, you mm. know, and and they're they're the prime example. The Trojan horse that's been done in Westmead hurling. To get into the level they are, the same in Antrim. Antrim have had a resurgence. Again, that little slip last year, going back down to Joe McDonough may have just, you know, been that. We'll find out in future years. And I, there's no question. Maybe Kerry aren't ready, and maybe I'm wrong in saying that. But you know, it, they should be in the Munster Championship, irrespective of the Joe McDonough. You know, if they qualify for the Joe McDonough, I'm talking about, we should go straight into Munster, not Leinster. But you know, mm-hmm. there, there, there's something that has to be done with what. OK, yeah, you'll say that you'll get nothing from hammerings, which more likely would happen for that Kerry team. But I mean, they're on, the only way they're going to improve is by being exposed to that top level learning.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and hopefully at some stage anyway, the GA can have a look at that and and fix it. Because it, I definitely think, as you said, like, I mean, the, the incentive is is clearly there for the Leinster sides. But for Kerry, they seem to be caught in this sort of weird position really that they find themselves in but yeah look listen john very much uh appreciate you you jumping on uh very much appreciated and um well yeah i suppose best of luck for obviously the the monster final on sunday are you going to did you get tickets in the end there
1: yeah i'm working i'm working on so in in a very neutral um capacity <laughs> yeah. for, sport, for sporting limerick so <laughs> i'll be as neutral as i can be anyway
0: perfect well look top man john much uh much appreciated you coming on
1: my pleasure Aaron.